Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. We have a number of people we're going to talk with today. We know a lot of things happened in Washington, D.C. last week, and a lot of things still need to happen. I must say I'm a little disturbed that uh, folks left without ensuring that the people who are fighting around the world for the United States of America uh, make sure they have the op uh, op uh, opportunity to vote, and it's being challenged. So Congressman Emanuel Cleaver out of Kansas City, uh, former uh, chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, suffered the wrath of the Tea Party back in the day. Uh, give me your assessment, sir, of how things went, uh, the infrastructure package, and more and more people ask me, man, are we going to, black people going to be able to participate this time? Because before, you know, people selected their subcontractors, a lot of folks went broke. So will it be any difference this time around? Well, first of all, uh, it, it, I, I hope so, and I'll, I'll get back to it in a minute. I hope everybody realizes that what we've done uh, in terms of uh, the Build Back Better uh, and the uh, vernacular of the Biden administration is nothing short of, of amazing. Uh, we the, the things we have done and that are still on the agenda will mean that our uh, that, that we'll have we, we will have made the 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 um, uh, greatest changes uh, in. And, and, and two or three generations, uh, this almost matches uh, what FDR did uh, in uh, in the 1930s uh, with the, the New Deal. And, and uh, although this was not in the the the, the, uh, uh, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, I, I think people need to really, really, really understand that the child tax credit is is social security for parents. It is the most significant legislation that I voted on. Now, I was mayor of Kansas City for, for uh, 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 eight years. I was on the council for 12. I've been in Congress now for uh, going on 18 years. And I can tell you that there was nothing more significant. Uh, and, 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 and while it, it helps uh, all parents, uh, well, 90% of all parents will get money, $230 a month, $250 a month, $300 a month, based on the number of children they have. That's earth-shattering because that's money that's deposited into each account each month, uh, and all people have to do is, is spend the money. Now, it was only passed for one year, uh, but that'll provide enough relief, uh, relief I think, uh, while we try to get it worked out to, be, uh, to become pr permanent. But in the, on, the in, uh, on the infrastructure bill, uh, I, I think we, we, we passed all kinds of things, things that are, are going to be helpful. But we're going to have to be. We're going to have to take the initiative on this stuff. For example, I mean, we 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 we, uh, we pass uh, transmission uh, infrastructure. Uh, that 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 uh, it, you know that means we we've allocated, I think, about seventy-three billion dollars to to build uh, a thousand. Listen, it's a thousand build thousands of miles of new uh, transmission lines. Uh, that that will you know uh, allow for the expansion uh, and and the the, the delivery of, of uh, consistent and I think renewable energy that that it's the it's the single largest investment in clean energy transmission in U.S. history and the only way we're going to take advantage of it because this money is going to be th given out uh, competitively it's not uh, it, it it doesn't just I mean you, you know um, go out either the county uh or the city uh is going to have to apply for the money and and even with them it's going to be competitive 
And so I think that minorities need to come together and, and say, look, uh, to the city of Seattle or, uh, uh, or to the regional planning center, I mean, I was able to get over $100 million when I created the, the uh, uh, green impact city the green impact zone in Kansas City when Obama's stimulus package was approved in 2008. Uh, uh, and so we, we were able to put hundreds of people to work. We put did weatherization. Uh, we did uh, uh, put furnaces in the homes of poor people, uh, all, all kinds of things. Uh, and so that money is going to be available, $3.5 billion dollars, for, for weatherization assistance programs, uh, and uh, you know, but somebody uh, in uh, the listening audience uh, is going to have to be uh, capable of doing two things: one, uh, submitting an application and being a worthy recipient of those dollars, three point five billion. And then, uh, the, the, I don't think many people are going to get involved in this in the urban from the urban core, but. You know, uh, it, it oper- we're authorizing a billion dollars for natural gas uh, distri- distribution uh, infrastructure safety, uh, and, and that's a grant, a grant program uh, to, to modernize natural gas distribution. We're not going to probably get involved in that, uh, but uh, here's something that we can. America's uh, 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 transit infrastructure is, is inadequate. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you guys have, have, I think, some mass transit have a mass uh, transit system. Uh, yeah, Regional Transit Authority, right. Uh, serving uh, King, Pierce, and Snohomish County eventually. Well, then they're going to probably apply uh, for some of the 30, listen to this, uh, Eddie Ryan, $39 billion to modernize the, the, the transit system, uh, $66 billion for passenger rail, uh, $2.5 billion for uh, zero emission buses, uh, 2.5 billion for low emission uh, buses, and 2.5 billion for low emission ferries. So, and I know there are some ferries that go off the coast of uh, of Washington State into some of those small islands, uh, and and it would uh, you you'll designate a, about 7.5 billion to install. Uh, the first national network of EV chargers, uh, uh, electric vehicles. Now, somebody is going to get rich uh, going after the money for electric vehicles, uh, I mean, for uh, 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 installing charging stations. I mean, it, this is a field that's wide open. Nobody has the, uh, the, the, the uh, bulk of that business right now. Nobody. In fact, most, most cities don't even have a system where they can identify uh, the charging stations for uh, EVs, for electrical uh, vehicles. Uh, So African-Americans have the opportunity of a lifetime, uh, but they've got to start working like today, like when when this radio show ends, uh, and then be ready. The money is not going to come forth uh, for probably another uh, 60 days. Uh, so that gives people the time to, together to, to, to organize. Yeah, we do have some uh, business organizations that uh, could assist in that. You know, I know through the Tacoma Pierce County Black Elective, Tabor 100, uh, also the Washington State Civil Rights Coalition. Uh, we have excellent grant writers, primarily in the person of Bob Armstead. So, no, I agree with you that we need to get busy right away. But I'm hoping that 
that uh, after, uh, you know, Washington State has not had affirmative action in 23 years. Uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved, which I put an email I sent out, the, uh, the black people has been here for 400 years. We're not doing a half a percent with any public agency. And it primarily has to do with the fact that uh, you have a prime sun, uh, contractor who selects the subs. Uh, we have to have a situation where we're going to participate. We need to have a contract with the owner so the money comes to us and we can build our business. Uh, to give you a good example, a large major uh, highway project in, in Washington State in Seattle was the Seattle Tunnel Project. Four black contractors went broke on that one contract. Uh, the, the tunnel partners, Tudor Perini and Dragados, were out of compliance. But our friendly Washington State Department of Transportation helped them get back into compliance so they could get another billion-dollar contract in New York. So the problem we've had after 45 years of this uh, 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 prime sub relationship where blacks don't have to be selected, and they're not, uh, the racism is here. There's no question about that. And we know if we don't get direct access, we will not participate. We will not grow. Uh, matter of fact, just to give you an idea, uh, since 1972, an uh, area called the Central Area of Seattle was once over 80% black. Now it's not 17% black. And then the city of Seattle wow. went from 10% black down to about 6% black, all based on economics. When you figure if uh, you've been without affirmative action for 23 years, matter of fact, the late Dr. Arthur Allen Fletcher came back, he and I crisscrossed the state in 1998 opposing I-200. But what happened, I-200 didn't kill affirmative action. Uh, Governor Gary Locks, Governor's Directive 98-01, killed affirmative action. And we've been asking members of the Black Caucus, they could please call Governor Jay Inslee and say, please rescind uh, Governor's Directive 98-01 and sign an executive order restoring affirmative action. He's the one on his third term. I know he served with a lot of members of the Congressional Black Caucus. And, uh, I, you, know, I, I, you know, it's just... Uh, we can't, and then we have some folks who are in elective office saying, well, you know, we're going to do it next year. Well, you know, if you have a job or a contract or your, your kid is in college, you can wait another year. There are a lot of people in the black community that can't wait another year. And the government can take those actions and will indicate to the state agencies and employees it's okay to stop discriminating against black folks because we're suffering the brunt. As a matter of fact, in the DBE program, White females and I think Asians are being waved out of the DBE program in Washington State. So I know one thing: uh, we're still deal dealing with crumbs, and it's unfortunate because we know who kicked the doors in to start these programs. But the same people who uh, kicked the doors in are being punished by the same folks for the last forty-five years. So uh, that's my plea to anybody in the Black Caucus. The other thing I think we need to do too is we talk about reparations. If we could have a federal designation for African descendants of the United States enslaved in every federal agency. We got enough black folks working in government agencies to be able to make a quick, trans smooth transition into that agency representing our interests. If we don't request it, we're not going to get it. And that January 6th lets you see exactly how most people think about us. Yeah. Well, you know what, what I would suggest to, to, to the people, I'm getting ready to have a meeting here with the the black the black brown coalition the BBC and uh, lay out all of the the components of the infrastructure bill, uh, letting them know that you know it's, it's going to be a while before it takes up probably the first of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the time to get organized. Uh, if you have your business, this is the time to put your plan together, 
and be and be ready. Now, one of the problems we have in Missouri uh, is that, uh, particularly on the Kansas City, on the, uh, the, the 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 western side, uh, is that we, you know we we did a disparity study when I was mayor, which is which is sometimes necessary before you can implement a a, a, a minority uh, a program. Uh, you know where you have percentages. Is that we we don't have the capacity. The largest the, the black population is in St. Louis. I think we have 135, uh, maybe 140,000 people in Kansas, uh, African Americans in Kansas City, uh, Missouri. Uh, and so out of that number, unfortunately, uh, we we, uh, we 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 have difficulty getting. You know what we did is that we used to arbitrarily uh, say we want you know 37 percent, and we end up with 17 percent. Uh, because we didn't have the capacity, so uh, one of the things we got to do is build capacity, so that that can't be an excuse for them uh, for us not getting uh, our due. Uh, that, a uh, lot of that has to do with that that prime sub relationship. Their folks right, are going right. to let you grow so much if they let you even in the door, and people just have to realize that racism is prevalent in the construction industry, and it's definitely an anti-black sentiment. You know, there's a few people that's making a little money. I know that there's we have some people who've been very successful, like uh, Victor McFarland, McFarland Partners, who has done like a 26 story building in L.A., is a billionaire and is very philanthropic. And he also built a building in the technology hub in the Seattle area in what's called South Lake Union. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think that what, what our folks need, like doing the Great Society programs, all the needs were met to make sure you got the training that you needed, including stipends and things like that. Uh, but the current situation, uh, Congressman Cleaver, has not worked well for black folks in this prime sub relationship, especially when you don't have to be selected or like on the CL Tunnel Partners Project uh, where they could just get rid of four black folks and nobody says anything about it. That's a, that's very mm -hmm. sad. Uh, I think that uh, I don't know if uh, Representative Santos has joined us. Uh, she's the chair of uh, the Washington State House Education Committee, and uh, she uh is one of the main supporters of the MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative to get some of our folks uh, into uh, the technology industry. Uh, and we are being supported by some of our Indian American brothers and sisters who, uh, uh, who uh, said that it had not been for uh, 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 us, they wouldn't even be here. So, okay, well, I just wanted you to meet, I just wanted you to meet uh, Representative Sharon Santos, who's one of our stars. She was responsible for getting legislation passed through both houses in 2019 to get the former SOIC, OIC, remember that? <laughs> that building, yeah, a six-story building. She was able, yeah, she was able to create a public development authority. Uh, it's been started, and uh, uh, they've assumed uh, control of the six-story building. It's going back to the original purpose of training our people like was intended at first. So uh, I just want you to make sure you remember the name of Sharon Tomiko Santos. <laughs> Sharon, this is Congressman Emanuel. He hired Angela to be the executive director and general counsel of the Congressional Black Caucus. Was that in 2010? It's an honor. It's an honor, Congressman. Yes, I'm, it's my great joy to get a chance to uh, to, to, to meet you. And uh, I, I wish you the very best. Uh, there's a lot of hard work ahead of us. And we're going to try to do our part in, in Congress to get the money out into uh, Seattle. Uh, in the Washington State and everywhere else we can. So uh, good luck and, and make some rich people. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Congressman Cleaver. All right. All right. Thank you very much for the time, Congressman Cleaver. 
Now my next guest, Sharon. I'm All here. right. Okay, ma'am. So what I'd like to do is you are the chair of the House Education Committee. <laughs> and uh, as I mentioned, I've been talking to some members of the, of the caucus about uh, MLK Gandhi. But before I go to MLK Gandhi, I'd like to have you share with our listeners anything that you're working on, any concerns you have, or anything that you need to encourage uh, the members of the 37th Legislative District or people in general to get behind. Well, thank you, uh, Eddie. Um, I think one of the things that I want to make sure that uh, our constituencies now are your listening audience um, and the people who are in the 37th Legislative District, and frankly, anywhere uh, in Washington State, uh, is that uh, even though our legislative session uh, doesn't begin until the second Monday in January, um, we there is a lot of work that is going on right now um, in preparation for what will be a very short uh, rocking session. It's 60 days. It is the second half of the biennium. So 60 days is going to go by very, very quickly. I was speaking to a new member, you may know Representative April Berg, uh, who is uh, newly uh, elected to the Washington State Legislature. Um, and of course, her uh, experience in the legislature is uh, in virtual. And so she's just getting to meet some of us for the very first time in person, not over a television screen. Um, and uh, we were uh, chatting about the fact that the first cutoff is going to happen like within two weeks of opening session. So we have to be ready and prepared. And what your audience should know is that one of the most important things that we will have to tackle as a legislature is adopting and uh, ratifying the redistricting map. And that is what the redistricting commission is working on right now is redrawing the lines for all of the congressional districts, all of the legislative districts. Um, and um, and so they're, they're taking input right now. And just today, uh, the Census Bureau released uh, the new uh, data uh, the most recent data for the redistricting commission uh, to be able to begin to draw the maps. And of course, one of the things that we want to do is to not only maintain uh, the at least one congressional district that is majority minority, uh, but we also need to pay attention to the fact that there's been so much displacement from the city of Seattle, particularly from the central district in South Seattle into South King County, uh, that there is uh, one, one um, suggestion that I heard that gives me great alarm is that some people uh, in um, advocating for the congressional district were asking that uh, the 7th congressional district, which overlaps currently uh, the 37th district, be comprised solely of the city of Seattle. That would mean that the congressional district, along with the city of Seattle, which is one of the whitest cities in America, would, would become less of a place where uh, my communities in the 37th district uh, would have as ample a voice um, as they do right now in the 9th district. So that's one of the things I would ask that your members uh, pay attention to right now. And uh, in terms of uh, any legislation, you said, I know you're working on stuff right now. What? Uh, Redistricting is a very significant issue, and I do hope, I know that uh, Clarence Gunn, the Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, and a few other groups, especially from Tacoma Pierce County Black Elected, 
I think Lyle Kwasim is on the redistricting commission as well. So I think he's not on there. No, uh, there's only five members. Um, the uh, uh, the member who represents the House Democrats is April Sims. Okay. Okay. So, but now, does each county have any kind of input? I'm just trying to figure out uh, how does this. Yes, counties okay, have maybe, input. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they're. Okay, I think they're, that's. I think that's where Lyle is with Pierce County. I think it. that's where it is. Okay. And who are the other members of the redistrict commission? So the other members uh, of the district are, um, so in addition to April Sims, who is the representative of the House Democrats, uh, the uh, representative from the uh, House, um, well, the Senate uh, Democrats is former representative Brady Walkinshaw. Um, the uh, House Republicans, well, let me start with the House Senate or the Senate Republicans. That would be former Senator Joe Fain. And the House Republicans is, I'm stalling because I forgot his name, representative, former House Republican representative from Issaquah. And I'm sorry, I've forgotten his name. And then there's a fifth member who is chosen and selected by the four who happens to be uh, a native uh, sister um, who I believe is an attorney and is from the north part of Washington state. That's great. Um, in terms of your uh, priorities for the next legislative session, you said it's a short session. It's a short session. Uh, and people are going to be running for office after that. So you don't foresee anyone dropping any uh, legislation to restore affirmative action in Washington state, or will there be any kind of meetings with uh, Governor Jay Inslee to get him to rescind uh, the governor's directive 98-01 and sign an executive order encouraging state employees to embrace affirmative action? So I think one of the things that's important for, again, your audience to, uh, to um, be aware of is um, the legislature operates in two-year cycles. So the bill that was dropped last year because there was no action taken on it is still considered a bill that could be acted upon in the uh, upcoming year. Um, so- what bill, what was that, uh, that bill number? You know, I'm just trying to think. Um, Why well, I want to think 1459. Does that sound familiar? Anyway, I don't want to go back and take okay. a look. And I, I'm sorry, I wasn't yeah, actually I'll, I'll prepared to answer that Facebook. question today. Yeah, what I am actually prepared to talk about, though, is a couple of things. And it, this is what I think really bears um, closely on a, what I hope you were talking about with uh, the member of Congress, Congressman Cleaver. One, um, the Infrastructure Investment Act. Uh, that the Senate just recently passed. Um, it's like 1.3 trillion or something like that uh, to the United States. Let me tell you what it means to uh, Washington state. Um, in some ways, I'd like to bill it as uh, an infrastructure investment in um, the name of that old movie you know, from 30 years ago called uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. So what we're really focusing in on is the infrastructure of transportation for people and goods. Um, one of the things that, uh, as many people know, is not only at the state level, but even at the local level, the uh, condition of our roads uh, is really bad. And the only thing that we can really do as a state is to increase the cost of gas 
and that hits our people in our pocketbooks. And so that's a very hard sell. So this um, in this manna from heaven in some ways is really, really important. And so for roads and bridges, and you know, Eddie, my dad lives over in West Seattle, used to be it would take 20 minutes for me to get over there. Now it takes me more than an hour just to get over there uh, because the West Seattle Bridge. Um, but Washington is going to receive $4.7 billion for roads and another $605 million for bridges um, uh, for replacement and repairs. The other thing is um, transportation options. Um, the other thing about the uh, constitutional amendment, it's the 18th Amendment in the Washington State Constitution, it forbids any um, gas uh, revenues to go to uh, what we call um, transportation options. It must be spent on roads. Um, and so things like uh, light rail, things like um, any kind of uh, mass transportation system, we always have to find other revenue sources. We can't use anything related to the gas tax. So this infrastructure bill is going to help with almost uh, $2 billion. It's $1.79 billion uh, for transportation options. Um, the, the, I talked about... Um, uh, trains, um, it's going to end, uh, autumn trains, planes, and automobiles. Anyway, so it's going to help with, um, upgrades in aviation infrastructure, uh, as well as, um, in our trains, which are very important for bringing, uh, food and goods, both from Eastern Washington to our ports, but also from our ports, uh, to other places, not just in Washington state, but all around the country. Two other things I will mention, because I want to get to why it then becomes important to something that you and I have been talking about, um, is uh, it this infrastructure uh, bill also makes a big investment in high-speed internet. And you know as well as I that it's not just rural areas that lack access to high-speed internet. Um, even in some parts of the 37th district, we can't access it. And um, part of it is an expense. So there's going to be a uh, subsidy for uh, low-income people, as well as the actual investment in uh, pipes and cables, and um, uh, money for uh, weatherization and for clean drinking water. Now, why is that important to me, besides the fact that it's money that we don't have to pay taxes on or get use Washington state taxes on, is it is part of our jobs program. We need to make sure that we get more people prepared to take on those jobs and those contracts, whether they're WIMBY contracts or, as you and I have been talking about, with the MLK Gandhi coding. So that's one of my priorities. Okay. Representative Santos, we've been joined by uh, Representative Karen Bass. Ah. Uh, Representative Bass, are you on? Yes, I am. I am. Hi, how are you? Okay, I just wanted well, you to hello, meet. Congresswoman. Uh, I wanted you Hi. to meet. Uh, our chair of the Washington State uh, Education Committee, Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, who is working diligently with us on the MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative. I think I, I don't know if I sent you or Zach that deck, but I just yeah. want to make sure you know who this person was. She also was responsible for uh, getting back the old SOIC building, which is now the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority. And uh, it's named for the person who brought OIC to Seattle, Reverend Dr. Samuel Barry McKinney. So Representative Santos, I thank you very much for your time. You got to come back and finish uh, the infrastructure package next week. There you go. 
All right. Well, thank you so very much. Nice to meet you, Congresswoman Bass. And thank you, Eddie. Thank you. All righty. So, Member Bass, uh, we had uh, something signed in the law, and uh, we've been trying to figure out how that will impact our community and our businesses, uh, because we've seen money come through before, and, uh, you know, it's been uh, not beneficial for us. You know, we've been without affirmative action for 28 years in Washington State. And I know you want to talk about the child tax credit, and I'm not going to, but I do want you to comment on the infrastructure uh, package first and then go to your topic. Well, first of all, the infrastructure package is um, moving forward. And you know that, of course, it passed out of the Senate and the House is in recess. We're all in our districts. I'm in Los Angeles right now. But I will be going back to D.C. in about another week and a half where we will vote on the infrastructure package, and then it will become law. And that's going to be really important, because given that this administration has a racial equity lens through how things are viewed, infrastructure is critical. Not just does it tear apart our communities sometimes, but we don't even get the jobs to build the, the roads, the bridges, etc. And so I know that that's going to be a key part of what we are going to look at in that package to make sure that those dollars come to our community. And you know, Eddie, it's not enough to just get a bill signed by the president. Then you have to fight to make sure that it gets implemented in your communities the way you need to have it implemented. And so that's going to be the next phase of things. That's going to be very, very important. It's really precarious in Washington State, Representative Bass, because We've not had affirmative action since 1998. We've gone 23 years without actual equality and inclusion. And it's been devastating to uh, what I say, the African descendants of the United States enslaved uh, uh, who own companies. Uh, we're doing probably less than one half of 1%. The last major project in Seattle was called the Tunnel. Uh, they did a tunnel, it's called the Seattle Tunnel Partners. Drogados and Tudor Perini were formed the Tunnel Partners. Uh, four black contractors went broke on that one job. And yet yeah. our Department of Transportation allowed them to get, uh, they were uh, under some kind of scrutiny and they couldn't get another contract and they were out of compliance. And uh, our Department of Transportation put them back into compliance with the Federal Highway Administration and so they could get the next billion dollar contract. So that's an well, issue. I, th I think it's going to be really important with this package as well. That, you know, again, it's one thing to get the bill passed, but then you have to fight to make sure that it gets implemented in communities the right way in terms of the law. You know, and it's not just that we want the jobs to do the building. We want, as you just mentioned, we want to be, um, we want our small businesses to be included as well. So we have met several times with Secretary Buttigieg. And he is very, very, very aware. So what I would just suggest to the folks in Washington is stay tuned when President Biden has signed the bill and now the transportation bill, the infrastructure bill becomes law, then that's when we all need to scrutinize it and then make sure in the state of Washington and in California, it's Caltrans, in Washington, you know, that whatever entity it is, mm -hmm. that they are going to implement it in the right way, because it's not enough for President Biden to sign it. It doesn't matter what's in that paper. We then have to make sure it gets implemented correctly. 
And fortunately, we do have our first member of the CBC from the 10th Congressional District that covers Tacoma and also our state capital, Olympia, Marilyn Strickland is on the House Transportation Infrastructure Committee. Right. So we'll be definitely talking to her as well. So that's right. Well, what are, what, well, go right ahead. Uh, I just wanted to mention the child tax credit before I, I have to jump off because that is legislation that is money in people's pockets. And in terms of the people in Washington, you should make sure that they know that if they are a parent, they have a child, they can get $250 to $300 a month. And, and it's called the tax credit because usually you get a refund at the end of the year when you file your taxes at the end of the tax year. But instead of making you fill out paperwork and then getting a check somewhere down the line, the government is sending out the checks in advance, and people should have already received their first check. And you either will get a check in the mail or you will get money in your account. So if you get that check or if money appears in your account, it's not a mistake. It's because you're a parent and we want to help working families, and you should know that that came from the Democrats. Make no mistake about it. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, looking at this, uh, changing the subject of this coup, uh, more and more information is coming out on uh, 45. And I just wanted to get, uh, are you shocked to hear what you're hearing about what he was trying to get the Justice Department to do? Well, actually, I'm not shocked about it at all. I think that we knew he was not going to uh, concede. We knew he was going to handle things. Uh, I think it's nice, though, to have the evidence. We didn't have the evidence, but no, I am not the least bit surprised in, in what he did. I think that's very consistent with, uh, with who he is. It was nice talking to you. I hope to be on again. You just oh, did absolutely. great work in the state of Washington, so thank you very much. Representative Bass, thank you for your time today and for your leadership, who is also uh, the immediate past president or chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, and we would be in Tunica, Mississippi, but uh, I did post a, a pic of the U.N. Congress of Cleaver and I four years ago in Tunica on this day, four years ago. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> right, Miss Tunica, okay. Okay, <laughs> thank, thank you. you very much. We certainly right. appreciate you. Thank you. All right, uh, Eric, we'll go ahead and uh, take a break. And maybe since this coming October, uh, August 28th is the most significant August 28th since August 28th, 1963, with the large march that led us to getting our civil rights in 64, our voting rights in 65. And you know what? This August 28th is as significant as August 28, 1963 was because the battle is here again. So thanks very much. We'll come back after this break. Hopefully we can spend uh, any part of uh, Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech until we get Mayor Victoria. Thanks, Eric. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. This present CEO of the uh, 
United Way of Pierce County on, Donna Panapinto on yet? I am, I am Pre here. Yes. President and CEO, I know you do, you do a multitasking today. And I uh, yes. heard that uh, <laughs> we need to send prayers up for your husband. So I hope everything goes well there. And be careful now. Yeah. I don't want to be responsible. You have no, you don't have a chauffeur? Oh, yeah. No, I'm in my, I'm parked. I mean, he's, okay. he's still <laughs> waiting. He hasn't. He has not uh, gone into surgery yet. It's for his Achilles. Um, he tore his Achilles heel. So um, the doctor is in another surgery right now. So I'm sitting in my car. <laughs> okay. So we also have been joined by Mayor Victoria Witters. Mayor Witters, how you doing? Hello. Uh, hello, Mayor Witters. Uh, we have uh, Donna Ponapinto on right now. She's parked in her car outside. I guess outside of the doctor's office, a hospital. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you guys got a big uh, project going on in Tacoma. And uh, so uh, Donna and, and or the mayor, whoever wants to lead off to talk about the guaranteed income project and let people know about that. And maybe people in federal way and Renton and Auburn and Kent and Seattle will be trying to do the same thing. Well, well, great. Well, thank, thank you, you for Eddie. having us. And I'm going to have, yeah, I'm going to have Victoria, uh, Mayor Woodard start off. Well, it truly is an honor to be here this afternoon. And Eddie, thank you so much for what you do and for the opportunity to be here again. Um, you are so great at lifting um, the news that happens both in King County and Pierce County up that we are just grateful for this opportunity. What is happening in, in, in Tacoma right now is that um, in partnership with the National Mayors for Guaranteed Income, we have launched a guaranteed income demonstration. About a year ago, um, I received a phone call from then Mayor Michael Tubbs of Stockton, California, and they ran a guaranteed income project pilot in their community um, a, a, a little bit over a year and a half ago. Um, and and they were very successful and wanted to expand that, wanted to expand the national discussion and created this Mayors for a Guaranteed Income. And he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be a part, if I wanted to be a founding member of, of this coalition. And, and I said, you know, I, I've been watching what he was doing in Stockton and really excited to, um, to learn more but that we hadn't really been talking directly about that. Now, United Way has been doing amazing work to eradicate poverty in our community by focus on, focusing on ALICE, and I'll let Donna go into more detail about that. But ALICE uh, just quickly is described as asset-limited income constraint but employed. So these are the people who wake up every single day and go to work but still don't make enough money to make ends meet. So they're working two or three jobs or they're living just below the poverty level. And what we know in Tacoma is that 40% of the, of the population in Tacoma is Alice um, and, and lives, lives below, you know, below, this, below this line. So as, as we continue to have the conversation about uh, launching a pilot in Tacoma and what it could look like, um, we decided it would make sense to focus on Alice and to partner with United Way. Well, that was when it was just conversation, and quickly conversation turned into real action. Um, we got our first grant last September for $100,000 to have an exploratory conversation and look at exploring what a, what a pilot could look like in Tacoma. And by the end of the fall, 
we had we had been told as a founding as a founding member of Mayors for Guaranteed Income that Jack Dorsey had donated enough money that Tacoma would be getting a half a million dollars to actually implement a pilot. Um, and so we began quickly to move forward with what a pilot could look like. We are calling it a demonstration. We've named our Denver our demonstration Grit. Grit being um, growing resiliency, growing resilience in Tacoma. Um, for people who know Tacoma, we're known as two things. We're known as the city of destiny. We're known as Grit City. Um, and so we named it Grit, um, have been doing work um, over the past several months to be able to stand up a demonstration. And on Monday, we were delighted to announce that the application is now live and that folks in Tacoma who meet the qualifications that Donna will explain can now apply to be potentially one of the 110 families who will be chosen to receive $500 a month for the next 12 months. Great. And so, um, go right ahead. I, I was waiting for you to pick it up. I was ready to call on you. you okay. Guys are team, yeah. No. You know, when to, you know so, when to chime in. Go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you, Mayor. Um, you know, and that is uh, Donna the... Pontepinto, who is uh, the president and CEO of the United Way of Pierce County. You want to make sure I do that right so everybody knows. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for having us on to talk about this really important um, project. And United Way is so pleased to be a part of it. You know, we're focused on lifting families out of poverty. And, you know, as the mayor said, it really is looking at these Alice families that, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, they were disproportionately disproportionately impacted, you know, during COVID-19 as well and continue to be disproportionately impacted. So, you know, she mentioned the $500 a month for no less than 12 months. The goal is to have 110 participants that are chosen at random. And this is really key. They're chosen at random. You know, it's not a lottery. And in fact, we never see the applications. Uh, the, once someone fills out the application, that information goes to the research team at the University of Pennsylvania, and they do the randomization for us. Qualified individuals, um, we're targeting four zip codes, 98404, which is um, the east side of Tacoma, 98405, which is the hilltop, uh, South Tacoma, 98409, and the South End, 98408. And again, these are Alice households with incomes in between 100 and 200% of poverty level. Um, parent, single parent or guardians, single parent households or gar, uh, guardians with able-bodied children up to age 17 um, or children with disabilities up to age 21. Um, the application, you know, we're excited. It's live. You can get access to the application online um, just by going onto United Way's website, www.uwpc.org, and there is a link on our homepage that takes you uh, to the site. Um, there's been questions asked in terms of, well, what if I don't have access to a computer? Um, there's a call-in number that you can call where um, someone will help refer you either to one of Tacoma's uh, libraries or a community organization in which you can use uh, computers. You can also, I, my understanding is you can fill it out on your phone. It's a very clinical type of a survey. 
Um, it's, yeah, it's written in several languages, English, Spanish, Korean, Russian, Mandarin, Chinese, and Vietnamese. Um, and uh, the survey is open from now until Monday, August 16th at 11.59. Uh, and again, getting the application can be accessed on our uh, website. Uh, organizations are, that are supporting some of the outreach include Asian Pacific Cultural Center, Multicultural Family Center, and Child Center, and Legally Black. Um, once they get the applications, there are research partners at University of Penn and the Center for Guaranteed Income Research are going to uh, then randomize uh, participants in the, the treatment group, which is the 110 that will receive the $500 a month for 12 months. Uh, they'll also get paid, um, compensated $30 for, for completing surveys and um, interviews. And then we're going to have a control group. You know, because, um, Eddie, this is all about collecting research to help really determine the efficacy of guaranteed income practices. So there's um, a great deal of information that we're going to be gathering throughout this process um, that will hopefully hopefully help inform, uh, along with other, all of the other um, projects going on throughout the country, uh, they'll inform federal policies, because so many of the federal policies are, um, are that are meant to help are many times often barriers. And so how, you know, can I get, and we know that $500 a month for so many families can make a huge difference. So I don't know, Mayor, if you have anything else to add. No, I would just say, you know, prior to COVID, we also know that nationwide that that 40% of, of families did not have $400 in the bank to handle an emergency. So the ability to be able to, um, to help these families um, be more successful um, can be realized, I think, through this $500 a month. Eddie, the only thing I would add is that because Stockton has, this is not pie in the sky, we think it will help. We, Stockton has already done this program. They have data mm -hmm. back that tells them that it actually did help people. Um, and in the eye of the people take, I mean, I think there's, there are questions out there about how will people spend the money because people get to spend the money however they want to. What Thank we you. do know from 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 Stockton is that people spent it, spent it on they didn't spend it on luxuries they spent it on essential things like rent like food like childcare um, like like the they they spent it on or or they used it to be able to take a day off of their you know their minimum wage job to be able to interview um, for other jobs and and get better jobs hey, we, we, more we're out of time so, Mayor I have to have you and oh. Miss Donna back on I, I'm here every Thursday. So whenever you have something to say, this information, we probably need to continue this conversation because this is something that needs to be picked up by other cities that have yeah. people in the same financial conditions as over in Tacoma. And you're always leading the way. We appreciate both of you. Thank you very much. Thanks okay. Thank us. you so much. Take okay, care. Now. All right. Bye-bye. So, okay. So, Eric, we'll take that last break and I'll come back and close out. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. 
The port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Okay, Eddie Wright closing out another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. I want to thank our sponsors and supporters uh, of Urban Forum Northwest, the City of Seattle's Purchase League and Construction Services Office, Sound Transit with uh, Labor and Civil Rights Office, Leslie Jones and John T. Robinson. Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice. Uh, Concourse Sensations with Dave Pukahara, Rod O'Neill and Jerry Whitsitt, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, and Stephanie Ogle does our website. And make sure that you do something on August 28th. It's the most important August 28th since August 28th, 1963, where you heard Dr. King give us, I have a dream speech. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and fight this nightmare off and make sure we have our rights Make sure you stand up and don't sit down until we have freedom for our people. So we'll talk with you again next Thursday.